There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plushcare. Plushcare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to Made by Mamas, the podcast. I'm Zoe. And I'm Georgia. And we're here talking all things parenthood. You know, the real conversations. Tips and tricks. Products we love. And brands we can't live without. Let's get into it. Oh my God, can we just start off by saying I am so excited about today's podcast. Genuinely, since we recorded it, I've been like telling everybody that we've had this man on the, on the pod. Have you done the same? Oh my God, yes. And I keep cringing. <laughs> Anyone that listens, please message us and see what I like. Try and guess what I'm cringing at. It's in the first probably two minutes of the podcast. I cannot believe that you said this to him. I can't believe it, but it was so, it was gold. It was absolute gold. And it was, it was what I wanted to say, but I thought, you know what? I'm not sure it will go down that well. And then Georgia just came straight out for it. (laughs) It's going to be a good chat. We'll tell you who it is in a minute. But firstly, Georgia, how are you? How was your weekend? I'm all right. I had quite a good weekend. I actually took a leaf out of your book and did some like organizing, like unpacking, putting summer clothes away, emptying the loft, all that kind of stuff. And it's, boring as it sounds I did actually have some drinks on Friday night and I went out and had a lovely time but I just needed to get on top of all yeah. the shit basically was Judgy James around no Judgy James wasn't around maybe that helped <laughs> <laughs> is this like conscious uncoupling are you guys still together <laughs> no <laughs> no okay right if we're not I'll let everyone know uh, yeah first. please be do the first to know please and do. how was your weekend yeah I was back at work because I had last weekend off which was really lovely but it was nice actually I, I, I did have a moment where I thought oh my god can I remember how to do live radio do I know how to press <laughs> the buttons can I cue the news up but um, it all went fine and then on Saturday we went to Chessington World of Adventures we're Whoa. doing like a Halloween oh day fight of fun. night is yeah, it well, fight night no is no, that Thought Park that's <laughs> right other, other theme parks are available George <laughs> but no this one was at Chessington this was their like Halloween day so we took the kids we went with a couple of other, our other mates and their kids and we had a brilliant day just like um, you know bumper cars and scary rides were the kids not scared no were they the fine? kids aren't scared I'm terrified I feel like oh I'm going to puke or wee myself every two minutes <laughs> I think I've got like two proper scaredy cat kids like neither of them can cope like Axel is petrified of minions like that's a kids film isn't it he had to sit out of his class I think he had to go and sit with like some of the teachers while the rest of the children in, in the year watched minions but he couldn't because he was too scared oh. and then Gigi like last week at nursery they said to me oh um, we had to take her outside while the other kids were driving dressing up and I was like well, what were they dressed up as and they were just like oh you know Spider-Man Batman <laughs> is it because they see you and James dressing up in all kinds of weird shit at home and they think and they're like ah! 
<laughs> I tell you what you should do. There's a theory behind this that if a child is scared of like a cartoon character, you should dress up as a minion and then go and be their friend. <laughs> Please do it for the gram. Get a minion's <laughs> outfit, dress up and then <laughs> hang out with Axel. <laughs> if I get arrested, then it's... <laughs> If you spot Georgia in a Minions outfit down Brentwood High Street. Then yeah, I'm going to blame you. I'm coming for you. (laughs) Oh, God. We're delirious and it's only Tuesday. Um, We should get into the chat because it's a meaty one and it's a very, um, it's a really interesting one because actually when you think about this guy, even though he talks about his his life as a parent, we kind of know him for being a pop star originally. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, he's gone on to do acting and he's gone on to do, I mean, all kinds of different things. But I, I mean, I like I grew up with him on my wall. Me too. You did, right? <laughs> yeah. And don't lie, everyone listening, I bet all you the, did too. And all the pretend snogging to the poster. Does anyone remember that? <laughs> oh my God, I'm so glad you didn't say that on the podcast. No, can you imagine? I know, I did refrain from that, everyone. <laughs> yes, but just just, just listen out for the for the word oil, because when it comes, it will be amazing. Georgia, who are we chatting to today? Today, we are chatting to the absolute legend, Peter Andre, and founder of The Playful Den, Emma Warlow. So I'm going to try and contain our excitement for both Georgia and I, because um, today our guest on the podcast is somebody I can guarantee, I reckon about 99% of you listening will have had a poster on your wall of this man. (laughs) A heavily oiled poster, (laughs) definitely wouldn't have been wearing a shirt. Guys, what is with the oil? I don't know why I did that. I don't know. (laughs) There's no part of me that understands why you would want to be in a picture covered in oil. On the beach, yes. That's what we're going to come Listen, to. That's we what we're loved come it. To. We were we into it, it, so it's fine. I think, I think you can tell just by hearing that voice who is today's guest. An absolute legend uh, globally, but here oh, in the UK, we absolutely so adore him. Currently on tour, uh, dad to, I think, four children now, uh, husband to Emily. So we're chatting to Peter Andre and on top of that, play expert and founder of The Playful Den, the wonderful Emma Warrillow. Welcome on, to the Emma. podcast. Yeah. Hello. Hello. Hi, guys. Oh, you know what? First of all, I just want to say that Zoe is lovely to see you again. I haven't seen you for years. And um, I the, the ironic thing is we were in touch recently just about, you know, d- talking and doing something um, interview-wise. It somehow yeah. it all came around and it came back to this spot, which had nothing to do with either me or you, which is bizarre. Well, we, we were at ITV2 during the same That's sort of right, period yeah. about a decade ago. And we were at an ITV2 dinner. And I remember vividly sitting next to you, like trying to be kind of cool. But at the beginning, sort of in the start of my career. And then I was like, oh, right. Yeah, no, cool. Who's sitting next to me? And I look down, I see a little name tag, Peter Andre. And I'm like, no, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> great, sure, of course, of course it is. Um, but obviously, yeah, we've known each other for a long time. So I'm super pleased that we've managed to get you on the podcast today and how um, how wonderful that we've got Emma on as well who is our play expert and you guys are teaming up together just talk us through what you're collaborating on I was gonna say I don't have any oil stories but maybe <laughs> uh, like stre- we'll stretch the coil these days <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely um yeah so um we are sort of here to, to, to sort of share and um discuss some of this really awesome research that Habitat kids have done around parenting and playing with kids specifically um they've launched a new um children's range and they've done this research alongside that which has got all these really interesting insights that um Pete and I are kind of going to 
talk about with you guys and I'm sure loads of your listeners will find these really interesting around kind of playing with children and how how that can make us um, more joyful um, and kind of um, improve our well-being yeah. um, and all of those sorts of things. So, yeah, we're, we're kind of excited to, to get stuck into that. Zoe and I are, well, we, we both will admit we are rubbish at playing with our kids. <laughs> rubbish. I mean, if, if someone comes at me like, can we play mums and dads? I'm suddenly ru- like <laughs> running for the hills and I've got something re- like really urgent that I need to do. Um, like, w- what camp do you both sit in? I'm guessing, Emma, you sit in, you are the play expert, so you are playing with your kids. Pete, what do you, are, are you a, the one that plays the game? I'm a typical dad. <laughs> um, I'm a typical dad in many ways. One, I can't multitask. That's standard. The only multitasking I can actually do is I can drink coffee and have a conversation at the same time. It's about the only thing I can do. <laughs> but my oh. kids, it's an interesting subject because one of the things that Emily has taught me, and, you know, I've, I've changed five sets of nappies over the last 17 years, junior 16, but over 17 years I've changed five sets of nappies. And I said to Emily, I, th- I thought I knew it all about being a parent, and I clearly I didn't. Because one of the things that she said to me is that, you know, obviously we all know that being a parent, the, a good parent is someone that puts their kids first. It doesn't matter how you do it. If you put your kids first and your intention is that their priority is first, you're a good parent. But we can fail in things like, for example, we think we're putting them first because we're sitting in the room with them and we're watching a movie, but we're not really watching the movie because we're on our phone, which is something I do a lot. Those kids want that undivided time. They want that, that time dedicated to them where you're not on your phone. And you're actually watching the movie with them, even if you can't stand the movie that you're watching, which happens to me loads of times. I'm watching this movie that I can't even understand. They've got it. I don't even get it. And I'm so much older than them. But it's about being in the room with them in the sense of actually listening to what they're listening to, discussing what they're watching, things like that. And I'm not the best at that. But as I'm getting older, um, I am starting to learn these things that actually it's that it's that time you have with them, that precious time that's away from phones, away from tablets. That's what they want. They don't want gifts. They would love gifts. But what they want more than <laughs> anything is your time. And that's something as a parent mm-hmm. I thought I knew. And I thought, yeah, yeah, I've got this down. And actually, Emily was like, you know, I said, what aren't I, being, aren't I doing what they want me to do? And she said, yeah, but you're on your phone all the time and, and they see that. And she made a point. And I thought, you know what? You learn every day. You learn every day. You sort of go, you're right. Now we're all, we're all to blame for it, especially us guys. We're, I mean, not all guys, but I'm hopeless. I'm getting better. I'm definitely getting better. I think it's, I think it's that feeling of always being contactable. And I think actually it's, it's a real pressure from our world that we're now living in that, you know, people can WhatsApp us and if they can see two blue ticks when we've read it, and if we don't respond, Question mark, yeah. question mark. Yeah. It's like, yeah. I'm trying to cook my kid's dinner or I'm yeah. trying to go for a wee on my own, thanks, yeah. or whatever <laughs> yeah. it may be. Yeah, but you constantly own, so. feel like you've got this phone that's looking at you, constantly mm. wanting stuff. And actually, we, we had this discussion the other day, George, didn't we, about, you know, actually, even if we're working all day long, but when we pick the kids up from school, we put our phones down for an hour and we just give them our undivided attention. Yeah. And it makes us feel less stressed as mm. parents. Would you Would you agree with that, Emma? 
Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you can't play when you're distracted. So if we look at what playing is, it's doing something for no objective other than fun. Um, and you, when you're doing it, you're completely in flow. So play is kind of like a fun, active meditative state and you can't do that if you're distracted and that's why it makes you have that reaction when they say come and play mums and dads with me because generally as parents we've got like a thousand things to do and going around our minds and also now we've got these kind of blurred boundaries between home and work so when that phone is in our hand that phone is also as you say um, a a sort of portal to to work and all of these other things so it does make it very hard hard to suddenly switch from being in kind of like mum mode work mode to suddenly you know I'm doing a role play um so that kind of transition from different sides of ourselves I think has become more splintered and a lot more complicated in in the kind of modern world that we live in now do you think you can like just be the person that doesn't play like so for instance with me and my husband he loves playing all the games he likes getting in like going in the garden and getting dirty I don't so I'm like the boring one and the one that does the cooking and the one that does the homework I'm like that one I'm that parent and he's the fun parent and I guess it's just kind of you're fun George (laughs) not fun I hate fun you sound fun I mean, the, the thing is, he is fun. And another interesting point, because Emily is the one that loves going in the garden and doing all the, that sort of stuff. And I love cooking. It's, it's almost like a, a reverse thing. But there was something she told me that I, because I was feeling that. I'm like, man, you know, why aren't I being a bit more sort of going out there and playing football with them or, or doing that? And she said, you know what's a really good idea? Get them involved in the cooking. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, for example, if you're going to make something and Theo's on the table, you know, say to Theo, okay, um, right, you're going to help me put all these ingredients in and stuff like that. And I say, okay, when you put this in, you can't put too much because it's too strong or you can't put this in. It's those little things that actually it's something you have to do anyway is cook and it gets them involved and, and actually they love it. So now they always want to know what ingredients yeah. you're putting in the food. Obviously, I don't tell them the vegetables I'm putting in because they won't eat it. So I hide those ones, <laughs> but everything else I put in there. But it is that I do get that sometimes where I think, man, I wish I was a bit more playful. And then I go the other extreme where sometimes I'll start colouring in with Amelia and they all leave the room and I'm still there colouring this this <laughs> rabbit that, you know, an hour later I'm still Therapeutic. There. Yeah, because it's therapeutic. It so Yeah. But you've got two older kids. You've got Junior and Princess. What do you think you've learned? I mean, there's probably... Mm a long list of learnings from the first time round to the second time round. But um, what are the ones that really stand out to you about, you know, having your two teenagers who are, who are amazing, by the way, I can't believe the amazing things uh, they're doing. And then you've got I your know. three littlies as well. So for me, one thing I've learned, and it's what I said at the beginning, if you put your kids first, you're a good parent. It's as simple as that. Because I realized very early on that every parent is different. It doesn't mean what I do is right. It doesn't mean what another person does is right or wrong. But if they're your first priority, it's right. It, it doesn't matter how yeah. you do it. And um, because as a parent, when you're thinking about what's best for them or, you know, if you've got that, that thought in your mind, you are going to probably make mostly the right decisions or at least the decisions that are towards the right decisions we don't always yeah, get it right yeah. 
here's something actually a really really good thing that I learned along the way was never say to your child ever and and I've stuck by this never say you're a bad boy or you're a bad girl or what you say is you're a good boy you're a good girl but what you did was wrong or what you did was bad yeah it's one of the best things I ever learned because when you say to a child you're bad or you you're naughty or you're this or you're that it sticks in their mind I remember the things my dad used to say and of course he didn't mean it in a bad way but as as I got older I believed that I was a troublemaker I believed I was this I was that whereas if you say to a child you know you're you are a good boy, but what you've done is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. That changes the game because all of a sudden you believe you're yeah. a good person, but you make mistakes, mm. you know? So that's one thing I've learned. I love that. Mm. I love that. And I love our learnings from our parents. I love as when we become parents, interestingly, all of the stuff that our parents used to say to us when we were kids, it almost comes bubbling up to the surface. Yeah. I mean, my mum, you know, was an amazing, she's probably the reason that I'm doing the job that I'm doing today because she was so supportive. But my mum was quite focused on, she was a model. So everything was around aesthetics. So she right. kind of used to praise us when we were, you know, if we looked pretty or right. we were beautiful or da da da. And then it's one thing that I'm vehemently against now is focusing on the kids' aesthetics. I'm like, yeah. you're really clever. You're really smart. You're so funny. You're really fast. You know, all of these things because I don't want that pressure to be put on them. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. kind of, and I never saw it, it at the is. time. It is so interesting, but I, we've spoken about this before, Zoe, but it's like finding the balance, isn't it, between you know you I love calling my daughter beautiful but it's not the only thing that I say to her because like we've we've spoken to people who were never called beautiful and it was probably because their parents thought right I don't want to focus on the way they look and then they grow up thinking I'm not beautiful beautiful." I mean we can't win (laughs) one of the other things um which I guess is very fitting to the subject of what we're talking about today one of the things that Emily did that I thought was brilliant was when we redesigned Amelia's room um, she said I've got this vision about making this room you know like she's super mum I was like okay well you go ahead but she didn't just go ahead and and design this room how she wanted she got the kids involved and one of the best things she did because she wanted um, Princess she wanted Theo she wanted them all to feel that they were part of the design of this room she asked every one of them what they think would look good in that room and I thought that's a really clever idea because they all felt part of it so if someone said I think we should have blue in the room or we should have pink in the room or we should have this or we should have that and she would yeah. write it all down and she would go and get elements of everything that every child said and when she did that specific bit she got them to help them with that bit so they felt that they contributed to designing this room and I thought that was a bloody clever idea. But I also thought, oh, my God, you've got to have patience to do this. Then again, she's a doctor, so she's got lots of patience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's, she's the expert. Emma, Habitat have done the research around designing kids' rooms and kids' bedrooms, haven't they? And it's been quite interesting what, what's kind of come out of it. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I think your question that you asked earlier, Georgia, I just want to come back to that because I think loads of parents will want to know the answer to that. You said, can you just, can you just not play? Can you almost like outsource that? <laughs> other more other more playful people I think it's um you know I think it's a choice but the research shows um that there are real benefits to doing that for us personally as adults so we're seeing here that 
parents that spend five hours a week, which sounds a lot, I'm going to help, I'm going to help break that down in a minute, five hours a week playing with their kids feel happier and less stressed and it draws out their inner child. And parents that do that Mm. also report that they find that creativity sort of follows them around to other areas of their lives. So there are huge benefits for us as stressed out, busy parents to actually getting stuck in in the play. Um, So five hours a week seems to be this kind of magic number. If we look across a week, including the weekends, that's about 40 minutes-ish a day. Um, We've probably got a bit more time on the weekends. So it doesn't have to be loads and loads of time, but there are benefits for us as well as for our children. And I think, you know, you were sort of touching there, um, Pete, upon sort of how you talk to your children and what sort of messages you give them and playing with them is really like the best space for us to seed values, talk about difficult things, um, praise them for other things that aren't about being beautiful and pretty like you talked about, Zoe. So we can say, wow, your imagination is incredible or wow, the way you come up with ideas is absolutely mind-blowing and we can find those things in play and the closer that we get as parents to that play, the more that we uh, sort of see our children that's how I talk about playing like you really see them for who they are because when when we're at play we're genuinely being our sort of authentic self so if you sort of distance yourself from that there might be you might be missing out on some of those really awesome clues about who your kids um, really are. How do you define play because Peter was saying that he might not you know get out in the garden but he will cook with the kids does that class as playing because I can can get involved with that it does yeah so anything that you're you're doing all right George I think it's also interesting to talk about play and playfulness so play um, is an activity that we do um, just purely for fun there's no other motivation or objective to play it has to just be for fun Um, and playfulness is where we apply the sort of principles of play to something that isn't play so you might think well cooking that's got like that's got an objective to it we've got to have dinner but we can do that in a really playful Mm. way so we can talk about the ingredients we can have like sensory moments touching and getting messy we can be telling jokes and sharing stories while we're doing it so you can make any activity playful um really it is kind of more about a mindset and how you approach things and I think this is another benefit to to just you know, making an effort to do a little bit of play because it increases your your playful mindset. Mm. So it's more likely for you as a parent when you look at something that looks particularly stressful and, oh my God, how am I going to get these in the bath, out the bath or out the door yeah. or whatever? If your mind is attuned to be more playful, you're probably going to have more creative, fun solutions to to make those things happen. It is an interesting point because I'm just can't stop thinking about the five hour thing and thinking that when you hear five hours you're like well where am I going to get five hours in a week when when really to be honest five hours is the first few hours of Saturday morning you know or Saturday afternoon but when you do break it down to 40 minutes a day and the most important and the thing that's playing on my mind is that that 40 minutes although might not seem like a lot if you can do that that just that 40 minutes without your phone that's the bit or without you being distracted that's the bit that will yeah it it's a bonding thing that I mean I'm learning as I'm going on and I'm like you know I thought like I said before I thought I had it in the bag I thought I knew everything that what there was to know as a parent and I, and I don't and even 
even this research, it makes perfect sense. It's definitely quality yeah. over quantity, as you say, yeah. there, that's what matters. And kids know, like they're so smart and they know if you're not kind of in the in the room with them. And the research is showing that um, only um, most parents are actually only playing like less than um, two hours a week. So less than half mm. of that kind of magic number. And the top reason why they can't um, is work. And the second reason is kids preferring screen time. So work is, um, you know, a really big barrier to parents being able to just put things down and play with their children, which I think, you know, we talked about that sort of fluidity of worlds now and how those boundaries and barriers are so much mm. harder to manage in the home and it seems to be from this research that is really getting in the way of playtime. We'll be right back after this short break. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Welcome back to this episode of Made by Mamas. Now, where were we? Pete, what's your, what are your um, views on screen time in the Andre household? As a parent, I'm going to be honest. I reckon we focus too much on you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't be on screen for this. Let's go back to the 19. <laughs> I was born in 73, so I'm older than all of you guys. So I don't even want to talk about that. But <laughs> if you go back further, and we were one of the first that had colour TV, I will never forget this. In our street, I remember everyone was so excited because we had a colour TV, right? And they were these tiny little <laughs> things. But I remember one day, mum and dad coming home from work and there were six of us in the family six kids and I remember mum and dad coming home and them going mum going they're all sat in front of that tv this is really bad I remember them saying that and I said why is it bad mum and they said oh I don't know if this is good for you or not because tvs were only new back then can you believe it and I remember them saying that fast forward 40 something years and the new TVs, which are iPads, 
let's be honest, that's the new TVs because that's where you get your YouTubes and Netflix. Half these kids don't even know channels that are on TV. We're doing the same thing. We're going, oh my gosh, they're in front of that screen. Oh my God, is it good? Is it bad? I think as a balance, I think it's okay. I, I really do. Because if you add all the other elements in, like what we said about that time that you spend with them away from it, another key thing, sitting down, having dinner together is one of the one of the key things I learned as a kid growing up. That time when you're sitting there, no TV on, which is hard to do. But once you get into that habit of sitting around a table, there's no TVs, there's nothing. You've got no other choice but to talk about your day. Amazing. My yeah. stupid jokes mm. that they don't find funny. But it's all about, it's all about, that quality time then if they go on their screens yeah it's kind of okay for me again uh that's what I think and I'm yeah. not right or wrong we went somewhere the other day and we went there was a bunch of teenagers there and these kids were not talking to any of the adults because they were yeah. on their like they had little game consoles and they were on their iPads and so one of my sister's mates looked at me and went this is because when kids your age kids go go to restaurants you give them screens now this was a pet this wasn't a parent that was talking to me at this point and I was like we don't do it all the time we only do it sometimes but it really stayed in my mind that actually every time we were going to restaurants we were going who wants an iPad bit of a trick the iPad was going up and then me and Dozza were having a a, a date with yeah, our three children they, there but sometimes that's yeah, the only yeah, yeah. way you can yeah. right but then we went out the other day on Sunday to the pub and I, in my head I was thinking, should we take the iPads? And I was like, no. We went and we played these games with these plastic cups. And I said, go and get two stones. We had this plastic cup stone game going on. It lasted for about 40 minutes. There were no iPads. The kids had an amazing time. We were chatting and stuff. It was just a brilliant moment. And I think it shifted me from thinking, do you know what? I always need to bring the screens out with me. I'm, I'm not, I'm going to try and reduce it. Yeah. I think it's, it's balance, balance, isn't exactly. it? Yeah. It's yeah. Cause sometimes I bring the color in with me and like all that stuff and that's great. But other days I just think, <laughs> No, I actually just want to sit and eat my dinner and have a conversation with my husband. But you've both made a really good point, which I never really <laughs> thought of until now. We're here saying that, you know, you have to put your kids first, 100%. I've always agreed with that. But we also need to look after us. And, and if you look after you, it was kind of respite, right? If you kind of look after you, you're going to have a better, you're going to be in a better state to look after your kids so occasionally so going by what you both said I totally agree with both of them that it's nice sometimes to not take the screens but sometimes Emily's like you know should I give Theo the iPad like we all we've all had dinner we've all spoken we've all played yeah. a game then afterwards he's getting ratty we're all still wanting to enjoy the combo we'll go you know what just let him have it for a little bit and that's the balance we kind of found but it is it is finding that balance because us as parents if we don't get any time with our partners or you know time to sort of appreciate the older kids who don't you know who don't get ready and can have hold a conversation then that might that changes the dynamics as well so it's about just finding again yeah. it's what you know it's balance, balance. absolutely it balance. Balance. what what yeah. what does romantic time away from the kids between you and Emily look like? What does a date like? It looks like an impossibility at the moment. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We went away for a birthday for a night and literally we felt guilty. I'm not kidding. I think ever since, yeah, I think ever since lockdown changed a lot of things. And I'll tell you why, because Emily was, so Emily's a doctor. So she was working on the front line through the first pandemic. She was right in the midst of it. 
and she got really sick the first time because that was before they had all the masks and everything like that. So yeah. she had to distance herself a lot from us because she was around COVID patients day in, day out. And, uh, and it was still new. So I stopped work because my work being in the entertainment industry, I guess, basically stopped dead. And we, I was like, right, this is great. You know, I can be dad and I can do schoolwork. And uh, literally, I was pulling my hair out by about week two, but that's not the point. <laughs> the point was that. We yeah. all were, don't worry. Oh, yeah. We're all the same boat. I think mean, you did well week oh, two. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh, my, two. It was, it was, it, you know what? I took my, I couldn't believe that it made me love single parents. It made me love oh, yeah. teachers. It made me love people because I'm like, I don't want to do this ever again. Because we swapped roles, okay, then all of a sudden I got used to being at home and I got used to being with the kids and I got used to putting them, everything had to be about them because at that time things were quite tough. Um, and Emily had to stay away, so I had to take on that role. When things started balancing out a bit, I couldn't get back into the other role of our time. It mm. just seemed that we've been stuck in this everything's about the kids, everything's about the kids, everything's about the kids. And I'll tell you, we've, we spoke about it and we went, we've got to get time to ourselves because and this is, again, what I was saying about putting your kids first is so important. But by doing, by looking after you guys as well, that is also putting your kids first because it means that the time you spend with them is better. That's just my opinion. I might be completely wrong. Agreed. No, yeah. we, no, no we absolutely. agree. We completely um, agree. So going back to decorating yeah. their rooms, because I sometimes think if they have got a lovely room, then maybe they'll, they'll go and play the up there think, and leave Georgia. you, I'm so, I'm, <laughs> leave you like, alone. So that's awesome thinking. <laughs> but I was always worried. So I know that there's like beds with slides and things like that. And I always thought, oh, gosh, but if I get a bed with a slide, he's just going to go up and play and see as his room as somewhere to play or, or Gigi's play. room as somewhere to yeah. play. And yeah. then they're not going to sleep. Mm. So with my son's room, I decorated it really dark. Yeah, <laughs> and really calming, and so he he thinks of it as somewhere to sleep. But should I be thinking of it as like a multitasking space so they can play in mm. there and also sleep and do their homework and all that kind of stuff? How yeah. should we be setting up their rooms? I think it's a yeah, it's definitely a personal choice. I think there's an argument for for both routes. Um, <laughs> the re the research shows that. In the last year, 80% of parents have redesigned bedrooms and play spaces. And one of the main reasons is to inspire creativity. So you had a lovely discussion there about screen time and, oh, my goodness, why is balance just the golden chalice of life, isn't it? It's constantly yeah. trying to get that sway um, right. Um, but I think one of the things that um, parents are concerned about with increased screen time activity is perhaps uh, less time spent um, imagining and also flexing our creativity muscles, which creativity is incredibly important for future workplace, um, also has massive links to well-being and happiness mm. and that sort of thing. And this seems to be one of the, the motivators behind redesigning children's bedrooms to boost that creativity. Um, and we can do that um, working with the space that we've got so yes if you need the space to be more calm um and kind of more um neutral and muted because ultimately it's sleep is very important and we don't want to interfere with that there's still ways that you can set up that space to allow the creativity to flow so when it's not um sleep time um you can kind of 
tuck everything away and it's kind of well organized and it kind of changes its role. But I think there is, is a real desire to set up that space to allow play to flow more freely because environment does actually affect how we behave, how we feel. We all know that, don't we? If we're sat all day in a dark grey room, we feel really different to if we've been in a light, airy, colourful space. So environment does really affect how we behave. Um, And we can set up and design spaces now for kids that allow them to be more creative. I was just going to say, and the bedroom is is just as important as, say, a playroom or, you know, a play area in a house if you haven't got a playroom. So it's okay to have toys in there and to be kind of have a creative space in there for them I I just think sometimes we we ask these questions like there's certain rules and I don't think there there are it's just sort of not everyone has a playroom so that's not even an option so it's not like you're never going to have playful imaginative children if you don't have a playroom you just work with what you've got and if the bedroom is um you know a space that's really well set up so that kids can play in there as well that's fine. You just need to figure out how to put it back together again when it's kind of calm time. If you've got shared space, kids, kids genuinely, when they're younger, want to play in yeah. public. So yeah. even if you put all the toys up there anyway, they're probably going to bring them all downstairs anyway because they like the proximity. They like to have – it's all about sort of um, connecting and, and they're sort of like distance to you. So they want to be kind of within proximity to you. So most people are trying to balance having some kind of toys and play in their shared space without feeling like they're in a kind of um, yeah. soft play or nursery. Absolutely. Emma, I'm so glad you've got all the answers, Emma. Emma. You've been <laughs> Emma on the podcast. You're rocking. She's rocking, isn't she? I know. <laughs> I've got different ages of kids, right? So Junior's, Junior's 16. And when he was 14, he wanted a PlayStation in his room. Em said, she goes, look, you do what you want. I wouldn't do it. And I said, I know, but... <sighs> I said, should I put it downstairs? And she said, well, I would because then you can see him, you know. And, I, and it was an on and off discussion for ages. And I did it. I just said, you know what, I'm going to get it for his room. I said, these are the rules, blah, 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 blah. And he stuck to them for a while. Then he got to a point when he was about <laughs> 15 and I started to lose him to his room. And I thought, well, oh, I don't like this. I don't like it. I don't like it surely he's going to outgrow this. Surely he's going to outgrow this. And I'd talk to him. I said, mate, I don't want you on it late. I want to make sure, blah, 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 blah. They weren't allowed their phones in their room. I said, you can have your PlayStation, but you can't have your phone in your room, um, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, it got to the point where I was like almost ready to pull the plug. Literally, I thought he's in there too much. I don't know what to do. I kept questioning myself. I'm not being a good parent. What do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And just like that, he turned 16. I guess the hormones are kicking in. I guess he's at college now. He's not even interested in playing on it. He wants to come downstairs oh. and watch movies with me. He's like, Dad, should oh. we do this? Dad, let's order a takeout. Dad, let's do this. And I'm like, I'm like, that's my son. Like all of a sudden, everything changed because he's lived with me for the last three or so years. He, I noticed things. I saw stages change and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, so anyway, so that was that. Princess now, all of a sudden. Phases. She's 14. Yeah. And I didn't allow her to have a phone in her room at 13 until she turned 14. It was part of the rules. I said, look, that's what happened with Junior. That's what's happening with you. I've started to lose her a bit to her room. But the difference with her is when she's in her room, she's doing little vlogs of makeup and she's doing things. And I see, I, 
and I love it. I just think, oh, she's so adorable and she's just such a good, she always wants to come down and sit and have a cup of tea with me and Emily and have our biscuits and watch mm. TV or whatever we can watch at night. Uh, but but she has that time on her own and I'm less scared because I've seen what happened to Junior and I get that they will go through that yeah. stage where they want to be, they want, they want their privacy, you know. At 13, yeah. Yeah. me, I was I was locked away in my room, but for something different. I would practice and practice and practice singing to the point where I'd have a poster of I had a poster of um Stevie Wonder, Michael Jackson, um, Elvis. And I used to close my eyes and I used to picture I was them and I would try and sing their songs in their style, each one. And then, and I also had a picture of Cindy Crawford, but that was a whole different story. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I love Cindy Crawford. I mean, she was just like, yeah. She still is. She's still a mega baby. My, yeah, dad, my dad was like, you know, he never, he knew I was upstairs practicing for what I wanted to do. As long as I did my homework. And I ended up fulfilling my dream. And now whenever I'm with my mum and dad, all I want to do is sit and watch Discovery with dad and watch David Attenborough and, I mean, they live in Australia, but that's what I want to do. So I think we've got to let go of the reins a bit, but at the same time, we're going yeah, to be worried because yeah. we're parents. They come back around, mm, don't I they? So. We, need, we need to say goodbye. Oh. Before we do, one final question, because it's a parenting podcast. Yeah. Will there be a new tiny person to play with or are you guys done? Just the thought of that makes me so anxious. <laughs> I can't... <laughs> <laughs> it's in my heart. It was just—it's literally gone from this place. No, I um, I mean, Dad. I mean, I'm 48, guys. I like I. No I'm way. I've still got black hair. I don't know how. I get asked all the time if I diet, and I'm like, no, I don't diet. I don't know how I've kept it all, but I is in the hair. Um, but anyway, yeah, I'm 48, <laughs> so I'm like, do I really want to be changing nappies at 50? I mean, fine if you're Simon Cowell and it's your first child, I get it. But when you've had a few, yes. I'm like, I don't know. Okay, that's. No. I think you're, like, I think you're done. Um, thank you both so much, <laughs> Emma, you. Pete. Thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute treat to chat to you. Um, and please come back yeah, again. Thank you, guys, very, very much. <laughs> Thanks for having Thanks me. So Zoe, much. Thank you. Peter Andre. <laughs> I absolutely love that chat after I'd calmed down for making my big boo-boo at the beginning. But that was he took it well. Funny. He took it well, didn't he? So it was fine. The thing is, is that I've known him for like 15 years, right? And I, <laughs> I just, I genuinely have wanted to say that, but never thought that it was the right thing to do. Georgia and I hadn't had a chat about it and she just comes out with it going like, oh, what made you use so much oil in that mysterious <laughs> girl video? And I was like, fuck, this could go one of two ways here. He could either like have a sense of humour failure or he could get it. And he was really brilliant and that is that is the man he, he is. is he's a really really wonderful human an amazing father um clearly like a brilliant husband i just feel like what their little unit at home is so great mm. it was really interesting to hear how he plays with the kids and yeah you know his learnings from first to second time round. Yeah, I was going to say as well, like when he said we focus on what they're not allowed to do rather than like just say what they are allowed to do. So like we're always focused on, oh no, they're not allowed screens. But actually that doesn't always work out. And it's like almost don't set yourself up to fail because you know that that is going to happen at some point. I I found that quite interesting because we do always talk about that, don't we? We have all this like guilt around screen time and all this kind of stuff. And he's a bit like, you know what, just let go. Like... 
it, you know, it is what it is. They're going to come back around. They might want to play in their room on computer games for a while, but then, you know, in a few months' time, they're going to be back downstairs and wanting mm. to watch films with you. So I like that. Yeah, I did. T- I loved it as well. And I also really like valued Emma's thoughts around play and actually yes. her kind of saying that, you know, 40 minutes a day, you know, if you can't do 40 minutes, do 20 minutes. But if you, if you can, it's actually not, it's, it doesn't seem like such a big thing. And if that if that looks like a Saturday morning for you, where you just put your phone down and just concentrate on your kids, that is, mm. uh, you know, since we recorded that podcast, I've, I've really been making like a, a proper effort to play with the kids and yeah. to leave my bloody phone alone because it was just all consuming. And I, I like even this morning when I was on the school run with Luna, like we got there and we got there 10 minutes early and I just found myself, Luna was sitting next to me, um, you know, in the front seat, we parked up. Up and I was suddenly just like looking at my phone, just scrolling through Instagram. And I was like, my daughter, my beautiful, funny, brilliant daughter is sitting there and I'm on mm. Instagram. I was like, this is bullshit. So yeah. I just put the phone away and we went out and played um, tag out on the green outside of her school for 10 minutes before. It was lovely. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you mean. And I think when you do start to see the kids like being like, mom, get off your phone or what are you doing? It is like, oh gosh, that's a realisation that yeah. that we need to not do that so much. I mean, sometimes it can't be helped, you know, like you've got to reply to an urgent email or, you know, you're replying to a friend who's having a really bad day and you know that person needs you. Or yeah. you've got to buy that dress on ASOS, like oh, these things come up. Yeah, ex- <laughs> I mean, yeah, needs must, eh? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, but all jokes aside, like we have got to make a bit of a conscious effort to do that. Yeah. Um, because then when we do have that time for ourselves, you're not going to feel so guilty about it because you know you you have given them some attention already. Mm. Yeah, you're <sighs> absolutely right. You're absolutely right, George. And yeah, I mean, that's not the current state of affairs in the house. Currently, they're just sitting in front of the television, but they're so knackered from school. I think they're a bit played out. Yeah, um, I was going to say that. Yeah. It is in the afternoons, like when they said, oh, 40 minutes a day. Um, I thought, gosh, I don't think when Axel gets back from school, he could handle 40 minutes of play no. with me. Maybe it's 40 minutes of play in general because, you know, at the, obviously at school, they're getting way more than that. Yeah. So, let's say it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's say, say that's, it our, is. that's our rule. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, we couldn't do this podcast without, without you guys. So we are eternally grateful. And if you could give us um, uh, a rate, review, uh, subscribe to the podcast as well. You can follow the podcast. And, and, and as I said, those reviews are really important. So if you do have time to leave one, that would be fantastic. Yeah, please do. And any suggestions for guests, then please do send them our way. We're on At Made by Mummers or on Zoe's own channel at Zoe Hardman. And we'll be back on Friday. Made by Mummers is an insanity podcast production. And today's episode was produced by the wonderful Charlotte Mason. Insanity Group. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, y'all, Darius Rucker here. You know, a lot of people ask me, what inspires your music? And one of the big things is a strong sense of place. That's why I love my home state of South Carolina and want to share the awesome things it has to offer. From the beautiful mountains down to the sunny coast, it's got it all. Not to mention two of my personal favorites, great golf and amazing food. Come see why I love this place. 
visit discoversouthcarolina.com. <laughs> 